Hello. There. <laughs> okay, let me uh, turn down what I got running here, which is um, Raymond Scott. You hear it? Okay. Could you hear that at all? Yep. Oh, okay, good. That means it's working. Yeah, right. there. Hey. Yeah, there, hey. When we finished our last show for Christmas, Courtney suggested, why don't we do a kind of a Love Stinks Valentine show? Excellent idea, I said, and here we are. Yeah, this kind of stems from a tradition I had uh, back in high school. Me and our uh, group of friends, all the punks and goths and assorted freaks, we had this thing that we called Anti-Valentine's Day. Yeah. We always celebrated on the 13th of February. And we basically would pass out amongst our group and to other people, um, you know, that we thought would be amusing to. Um, we would take actual Valentine's cards, but just sort of write, you know, uh, insults and various assorted uh, uh, obscene <laughs> comments and quotes and hand them out on the 13th uh, just to sort of fly in the face of what we considered to be sort of a hokey commercialistic kind of uh, holiday. So, yeah, here I am uh, 15 years after the fact and I'm still... Uh, poking fun at it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think a lot of yeah. people are, are on board with this sort of thing as far as holidays go it's my least favorite uh just because it is it's so schlocky uh commercially driven you know people spending you know crazy amounts on roses and chocolates and for the people that you know aren't with someone it's it's a rather like you know insulting lonely kind of uh thing to go through so yeah yeah, um, yeah. it's a complex thing and there's many ups and downs so let's celebrate the shitty side of it i think <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, so it, since you are the guest, uh, you know what, let's, uh, lead off with the intro cause we usually have the intro. Oh, yeah. Um, let's do, let's not r- uh, run the anti ETH intro. We have a choice of two, the original with just the plan nine or the one with the cowboy saying it's Greg, which one do you want? Oh, I don't think I've heard the cowboy one on Radio Mysterioso here for anti Valentine's day. Hey, who, what? Get your hands up. There we are. Don't move. Don't reach for them guns. Take it easy, you galoots. Put away the hardware and relax. It's Greg. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places... Read up there, Criswell. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. Okay, quick quick fade on that one. Uh, it's Rado Mysterioso here. Uh, Anti-Valentine's Day show. Courtney O'Hearn, can you hear me? 
Yeah, well, I'm clear. Is here uh, to help me pick out some of these songs. We already picked them out. We've got uh, quite a list. I don't know if we're going to get through them all, which is fine because you should always overbook. You go first. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the, the first one that jumps into mind for me uh, is one of my favorites is a Harry Nielsen track. Uh, it's called You're Breaking My Heart, uh, although a lot of people refer to this song as the Fuck You song. <laughs> so Harry Nielsen is just is one of my favorites. I adore him. And I when I'm describing him to people, I'm like, he is like the greatest artist that you don't know that you know. Yeah. Uh, because he, was, he was a notorious sort of musical recluse. Um, the, he would do all these albums, but he would play all of the parts himself and do his own harmonies with his own voice. And he never toured. He never performed live. So that's one of the reasons why he's probably not as well known as he could have been. But you do know some of his songs. Everybody's heard the lime in the coconut song. You put the lime in the coconut. Uh, one is the loneliest number, which is um, the piano off of that is actually based off of the busy signal, which just to me makes that song crushingly sad. <laughs> and then his biggest hit that he had, of course, was uh, Can't Live If Living Is Without You. Uh, which is just one of the softiest, saddest, you know, kind of love ballads of all time. But this particular song, this is from 1972, and this is when his first marriage was falling apart. Um, and he's kind of writing it uh, in the midst of this bad breakup. But uh, it's also kind of a funny anecdote um, that this song was actually um, a part of his funeral as, uh, as well. Um, he died very young, uh, and ironically, of, of a heart attack, of a broken heart, at the age of 52. But this guy was like, I mean, everybody loved him, and he had a huge uh, sort of respect amongst the uh, songwriting um, yeah. uh, and music performers of the world. Um, some of the people at his you know, funeral where Jimmy Webb, Paul Williams, Van Dyke Parks, George Harrison of the Beatles, he was considered by the Beatles to be like their favorite American performer. Yeah. So, yeah, there's an anecdote uh, told by Mark Hudson, who was a record producer, and he's like, you know, there's this time at his funeral, and everyone's there, there's a big list of like, you know, celebrities, and we're all sad and sullen and standing on the grave, and George Harrison goes, fuck you. And everybody <laughs> was just kind of soft and taken aback. We thought he was having some sort of angst, and he said, that was always my favorite song. And so George Harrison starts singing, you're breaking my heart, tearing it apart, well, fuck you. And everybody joined around his grave and sang this particular song uh, to the passed on Harry Nielsen. So I thought that was a bit of a beautiful anecdote. But this is just one of the best uh, in-your-face uh, breakup songs of all time. You're breaking my heart, 1972, Harry uh, Nielsen. Okay. you
There you go. Breaking My Heart by Harry Nilsson. Yeah, just a fabulous vocal. And I was just telling Greg that there is an excellent uh, 2006 documentary about him. It's called uh, Who is Harry Nilsson and Why is Everyone Talking About Him? And I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite music docs. A lot of good people that uh, admired him. A lot of good people featured in the doc talking about him. And it's just a really cool story. Okay, uh, my turn is um, uh, something that we've both listened to for a while. Uh, I think I gave you a copy of this a long time ago. Yeah, one of the first uh, Greg's Weird Music uh, CDs that you gave me. Uh, I think this was on. And yeah. I finally got a chance to see the film because we were talking about this. This this was a 1960s film, and then there was a yeah. terrible 67, yeah. 2000s uh, or late 90s remake with Brandon Fraser, and I forget who plays the girl. but Which will not be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I highly recommend you see the original. It's 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 far superior in every way. Yeah, well, it's uh, Peter Cook wrote it, and Peter Cook yeah. and Dudley Moore are in it, and it was at the height of their powers in 1967, I think. Um, and it's a beautiful movie. It's it's uh, it's in my top five favorite movies still. I first saw it in college, and I still love it. The um, point of the movie is it's the Faust legend. Peter Cook is the devil. Dudley Moore is this guy that wants to kill himself. The devil says, don't kill yourself. Uh, I can give you anything you want. Just sell me your soul. And every time he makes a wish, it gets totally screwed up. And he wishes to be what? An intellectual. And the, and, um, the woman is, is wonderful. She wants to, the girl he wants hangs out with him and talks to him. Everything's wonderful, but she won't sleep with him. Um, mm-hmm. So he gets mad and you know, he gets seven wishes. So he just keeps going through them. One of the wishes <laughs> is he wants to be a, he wants to be a pop star. Um, he wanted, he wants to be a singer. He wants to be like, uh, he, as Peter Cook says, uh, someone that women throw themselves at. And so he does, and he sings this song, all the girls like it. And then suddenly Peter Cook appears as another singer and he sings this song. And of course the girls go even more nuts for this song. And it is a, it, it is a total middle finger at the music industry, or at least love, love songs at the time and it still is and it's just, it's the same title as the movie Bedazzled from the movie Bedazzled here is Peter Cook
I'm not available. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line from that is, you fill me with inertia. <laughs> oh, no, just the absolute disdain. It's marvelous. Wow. And the look on his face. I mean, well, just look it up, look it up on um, YouTube. Just look up uh, Bedazzled Peter Cook and yeah. you'll find it. Stellar performance. All right. Well, keeping it in the 60s, uh, my next one is uh, from Aaron Neville, of all people. Um, this is a song from 1960. This was actually his first single that he ever released. Oh, wow. And it wasn't a big hit. And years later, uh, I think it was like 66, he came out with Tell It Like It Is, and he rose, rocket, rocketed into fame after that. I grew up as a you know child of the 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, um, so I knew songs like Bird on a Wire and Everybody Plays the Fool. knew him at this beautiful love ballad. He did this like, gorgeous version of Ave Maria. Yeah. So I was thrilled to discover that this first track that he did is just deliciously dark and horrible. It's, it's basically just a smooth swinging song with a threat of domestic violence. Uh, girl, if you ever leave me, I'm I'm a kill you. <laughs> it's really dark lyrics, and I'm 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 sure he's only kind of joking, but I don't know. It's uh, he, he clearly thought about this a lot. This is Aaron Neville uh, over you. from 1960. Any more uh, info on that, Courtney? Uh, no, I kind of just threw it out there. Um, I said, I, there, was a, there was a bunch kind of from the 60s that had those sort of like dark twang to them. They were love songs. I picked this one, as I said to you uh, on the break there, there was this and there was another one uh, by the Crystals I almost considered. It was like, um, uh, and then he hit me and it felt like a kiss, which has been covered by a couple bands too. And it's, it was the B-side to their uh, kind of hit single, and then he kissed me. 
but it was just like, yeah, these songs that kind of blended in domestic abuse and all these sort of darker things, but done in this jaunty uptone way that kind of fascinate me. Um, yes, so yeah. yeah, it was very, very much an early sixties thing. And I think it's sort of like, uh, gone out of fashion, thankfully. Uh, but, but there's still some very like modern artists that have actually, uh, I think there's a band grizzly bear that have actually done a modern cover of that. But of course they're playing on the, the absolute horrific nature <laughs> of the song and how it sounds so sort of casually. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't mind playing songs like that, but we'll, we'll keep it for another one. Um, exactly. Because people whole... get all bent out of shape and you're just like, look, you know, it just because that's like saying if I cover a news story, it means that I agree with it. Yeah, we're not celebrating the fact that it, but I just find that, uh, yeah, in that particular period of song. And and it's not just Aaron Neville. There are a lot of you go mm-hmm. back to, uh, you know, a lot of old blues hits. One of the ones I really hated. Uh, it was always this one. And it was just like, uh, oh, I think it was like put your lights out or whatever. But it's like an old blues standard. And the, oh, no, boom, boom, out go the lights. And I hear <laughs> I hear a lot of people cover it. It's a blues song. People love that song. Like it's a song. About I'm a I'm a punch you in the face and knock you out woman yeah. and I hate it but it's just a popular song it's been covered many times but the thing is you know you kind of have to appreciate as I said look I, I I don't mind looking back at it as historical artifact and saying hey look at this because this was a thing one time so we, we we have to be able to talk about those things and examine them I think yeah. uh, in context from when they were uh, originally recorded yeah so. okay for my next song it'll be Porter Wagner and my f- one of my favorite songs ever. It's beautifully dark. It's only two minutes long, and it's Lonelyville by Porter Wagner. I decided not to play Rubber Room. There was a couple you had on your list, and I had him twice on my list. Because you I have had, to. Um, I had Cold Hard Facts of Life, which yep. I love. It's yep. Terrible, uh, you know, a double murder ballad. And then I love uh, Snakes. Oh, the snakes crawl at night. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's calling his cheating wife and her lover like low-bellied snakes that crawl around. He is just brilliant in these, like, terrible gothic songs about heartbreak and all these bad things done to him so he's going to do you twice as worse but um i don't think uh, this was a new one for me lonely belt so lonely I was, I was, yeah it's uh added it's, to my list of porter wagner hits yeah this is one of the earlier songs i heard by him which made me really like his stuff so uh i love the, the term you coined for him too you were calling him uh, country gothic yeah because like, honestly if you look at the the subject matter it's it's very uh there's there's always some kind of heartbreaking country but they, it doesn't usually go as dark as it does no, he, he goes he, he goes way down the well <laughs> so let, let's let's uh, see what this sounds like well i'm moving from the bright lights of the city a place where the sun don't shine and it never will A town where no one knows the population I'm moving to a place called Lonelyville The street lights there are black as the bottom of a coal mine And the faces you see there will make you chill the dark and lonely sidewalks of that city Are waiting now for me in Lonelyville This town's changed a lot since my love left here Her love left my world so cold and still 
so I'm moving to a place where no one knows me. A dark and lonely place called Lonelyville. And the street lights there are black as the bottom of a coal mine. And the faces you see there will make you chill. The dark and lonely sidewalks of that city. They're waiting now for me in Lonelyville. They're waiting now for me in Lonelyville. <laughs> Short and far from sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lonelyville oh, by Porter man. Wagner. Yeah, that's a tragic one. I'm sobbing in my whiskey over here. <laughs> I, think should, uh, I think I should keep it country after this, actually. I'm okay. going to go off my, my order there. I was thinking that uh, Knoxville Girl by the Leuven Brothers. Oh, yeah. six. Because I really wanted a murder ballad, and there are there's so many to choose from. Uh, we mentioned with Porter Wagner earlier, he has a classic, uh, The Cold Hard Facts of Life. Uh, so it's basically a song of a guy, he's singing to you, he's telling you a story, and by the end of it, you find out that he's done killed someone. This is like a classic sort of murder ballad scenario. Very popular in the country genre. Um, this one I picked uh, in, out of all of the ones that were sort of interesting me uh, because of the, the very cheery tone in which they're singing it. And because of who actually sings it. So this is the Leuven brothers, Ira and Charlie Leuven. Um, kind of like uh, circa 1950s. Uh, they were regulars on the Grand Ole Opry. Um, they kind of grew up in Depression era cotton farm in, in South Appalachia. And their moms, uh, she taught them this sacred harp style of singing. Oh, yes. Hem. Yeah, my and friend so Peter does that. Yeah, it's a very popular and uh, it, it goes through kind of waves. I, I notice actually I see a lot of it kind of now and through the 60s and, and 70s folk revival. You had a lot of people using these. So it's a use of complex harmonies. Um, afterwards, like this, these guys inspired like the Everly Brothers and the Birds and, and others in years to come. And so it's just like using very distinct uh, harmonies and sort of shifts on certain words. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful style of singing. So it's a very gorgeous tune, but then they're singing about a really dark subject matter. And so this Knoxville girl uh, is one of uh, many variations on the same story. Uh, there's the Wexford girl. There is uh, a couple others. What were some of the other ones? The Lexington girl, the Cruel Miller. Um, so it's all basic variations of the same story. Um, it was a 19th century Irish ballad, the Wexford girl. So it derived from the English ballad, the Bloody Miller or Hanged Shall I Be, uh, which is a true story of a murder in 1683 uh, at Hogston Mills, 12 miles south of Shrewsbury. And the ballad was basically about the murder of this young girl, Anne Nichols, by the Mills apprentice, Francis Cooper. Uh, basically, they were supposed to be married, but instead of getting married, he kind of kills her and throws her in a river. And later on, he is hanged. So there's various variations. If you look it up in sort of old poetry and ballad and folk music tradition, there's literally hundreds of variations on this. And they change the word slightly. It's been passed down through the oral tradition. But the original uh, incident happened in 1683 in Ireland. So this is the Appalachian murder ballad version from 1956 by the Lubin Brothers called Knoxville Girl. Up off the ground and knock that fire girl. 
She fell down on her bended knees For mercy she did cry Oh, Willie, dear, don't kill me here I'm unprepared to die She never spoke another word I only beat her more Until the ground around me Within her blood did flow I took her by her golden curls And I drug her round and round Throwing her into the river That flows through Knoxville town Go down, go down, you Knoxville girl With the dark and rolling eyes Go down, go down, you Knoxville girl You can never be my bride I started back to Knoxville got there about midnight my mother she was worried and woke up in a fright saying dear son what have you done to bloody your close soul I told my anxious mother That is Knoxville Girl by the Leuven Brothers. What I was telling Courtney when we went to the uh, during the song while the song was playing is that I had read somewhere that at one point one of the brothers had punched Elvis in the face or somewhere because he wasn't um, he wasn't using his God given voice to sing uh, uh, Christian music. So uh, he might one of the brothers might have actually punched him right into his gospel phase. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely went into that after a while. And then, uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about this because um, we're kind of breaking format. Usually we go tit for tat, but uh, this was on my, my list of sort of um, alternates or sort of backup ones, and I, I kind of cut it, but Greg, you brought it back in. And it's basically another version of the same song. It's a bit shorter, this one. This is uh, Shirley Collins, and this is from 1970. Uh, this one's called The Oxford Girl. 
Um, now, so this is again during uh, the English folk revival of the 60s and 70s, and this would have been when people have, would have taken up music like the Louvin Brothers and sort of dusted it off and, and did their own version. Uh, Shirley Collins was from England, and so she's doing sort of like an English version of this Irish tale of murder. We just heard one that was set in uh, the U.S. in the Appalachians. So she usually plays uh, with her sister Dolly, uh, who plays her piano or organ, and her sister sings in this very like haunting, austere kind of voice. But this one is just completely a cappella. So this is just Shirley Collins, 1970, with the same story, slightly retold uh, and occurring in, in Oxford at this point. So the Oxford girl. I fell in love with an Oxford girl. She had a dark and a roving eye. But I feel too ashamed for to marry her, of being so young a maid. I went up to her father's house about twelve o'clock one night, asking her if she'd take a walk through the fields and meadows gay. I took her by the lily-white hand And I kissed her cheek and chin But I had no thoughts of murdering her Nor in no evil way I catched a stick from out the hedge And I gently knocked her down and the blood from that poor innocent girl came a trinkling to the ground. I catch fast hold of her curly, curly locks, and I dragged her through the fields until we come to a deep riverside where I gently flung her in. Look how she go, look how she floats She's a-drowning on the tide And instead of her having a watery grave She should have been my bride There we go, um, Oxford Girl. I wasn't sure if that was Shirley or Dolly uh, singing that one. Yeah, that's surely uh, uh, going going solo. Usually, one woman sort of performance of this. But uh, yeah, I just love that there's like many many iterations of this same tale that's been passed down since basically like 1683. As uh, people singing about the same tragic crime over and over again. Ah, uh, uh, the mood a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To bring up the mood, I've got just an outsider uh, artist. He's oh, not okay. professional whatsoever, and you can tell because the whole time he sounds like he's crying. And I don't know if he did this on purpose or what. Listen to this. Did she break your heart? It's so pathetic that it's, it's, um, it's inspirational. Did she break your heart? Yes, did she tear you apart? Because she ran around with another guy. Don't let it bring you down. No, don't let it bring you down. She may look so sweet Walking with him on the street But let me tell you a story To make life glory Just sing a song for what it's worth 
Did she make you cry? Yes, is she making you die? Because she said she didn't love you anymore. Don't let that bring you down. No, don't let that bring you down. You tell her she's neat, and you ever love complete. Then your heart starts to beat, and she says no. But let me tell you a story to make your life glory. Just sing a song for what it's worth. She danced and pranced to the band that was playing on hand, and your heart was aching, and she's not thinking of you. But don't worry, she won't make it in a hurry. You'll make her cry someday and tell her to go away, and you'll be happy with someone new. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that sniffle at the end just makes it for me. Yeah, that's, that's very sad stuff. Um, yeah, what to follow that up with? Actually, I'm going to go with uh, a bit more of a humorous track, a little more upbeat as well, with uh, Joe Tex's Pneumonia. Uh, from 1956. So this was Joe Tex, uh, his send-up of the Lily, uh, Little Willie John song, Fever. She gave me fever. Oh, Everyone yeah. knows the song. It was, the original song was released in 1956, and he released this the same year. So it's just one of those direct parodies that kind of came out. But he wasn't a parody artist. He was a very serious uh, singer. He was a soul R&B. Uh, he was known for his like southern soul style. So it's a mixture of country, gospel, rhythm and blues. Actually, one of my favorite stories about Joe Tex was that um, he was kind of overshadowed by James Brown. He never kind of reached the, the fame and, 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 and hits uh, as James Brown. And they, the two of them had a huge beef between each other for years and years. And so it all started apparently, well, not only just because James Brown was becoming more successful, they're both being from Texas and both kind of coming out with a similar style. But at one point, James Brown covered a Joe Tex song. Uh, it was like, Baby, You're Right, 1965. But he added himself as a writing credit, and he didn't ask permission. So that kind of ticked off Joe Tex. But it didn't help that Brown had a bigger hit with it. And then um, on top of it, he kind of accused Joe Tex of copying his style. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then James Brown added kind of fuel to the fire because he went as far as hiring Tex's recently divorced wife, B. Ford, uh, into his touring crew. And B. Ford told him all of his kind of signature dance moves, song ideas, and all this sort of stuff. So after he kind of milked her for all this uh, information about Joe Tex's style, he um, he dropped her like huh. a hot potato. And he even wrote Joe Tex a letter saying he could have her back. And so out of all the reactions you could possibly have, Joe Tex released a savage burnout call-out song in response. He didn't even mail him back a letter. He just made this song. And he the song is called You Keeper. And he basically, he even mentions James Brown by name in this song, basically telling him, yeah, you keep her, you know. So um, just to up the ante and just to kind of hit back, because James Brown was sort of like riding him hard and, and making all these terrible moves that are that are kind of pissing him off. So Joe Tex double booked a show. The same night James Brown is playing in his own hometown, Joe Tex has a show. He openly mocks James Brown on stage. He comes up in a tattered cape, screams, please, please get me out of this cape. And just like making fun of him on stage, Brown was so fucking furious. He was so furious. He showed up to the band's after party. They're at this little club. Otis Redding's playing. They're all hanging out, chilling out after the show. James Brown comes in. He unloads several shotguns, shooting at people to the club. He actually nicks some people. He didn't kill anybody, but some people did get shot. Joe Tex narrowly escapes by crawling out of a bathroom window in the back. 
Um, afterwards, apparently the James Brown uh, entourage, they, they gave $100 bills of hush money to all the people who got shot, to the cops, keep everybody, basically to keep them to keep their mouths shut about the whole thing that happened. Um, so that's how they were kind of rolling in the 60s. It was a bit of a crazy era. But later on, the two became good friends. Um, and and they, were, they were pretty admirable of each other's, even though he tried to murder him in cold blood for making yeah. fun of him. Um, but anyway, just show that, you know, he had a bit of a sense of humor. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I guess they, they actually kind of settled everything and, and became yeah, good buds. Amazing. But this song, no, this is hilarious. Everybody knows uh, the, the fever kid, of course, but this is his uh, tongue-in-cheek parody from the same year in 56 called Pneumonia. You know that I never did need you You know that I never did care And if you put your cotton picking arms around me I'm gonna hit you with this rocking chair You gave me pneumonia Yes, you gave me pneumonia, baby You know the love you gave me has grown so cold I got pneumonia in my heart and soul to me don't have to hear a word i say cause i'm a giving your secrets to all of the men so they know how to stay away cause you gave me pneumonia you know you gave me pneumonia baby yes the love you gave me has grown so cold i got pneumonia in my heart and soul Lights up the nighttime, sun lights up the skies. You won't be able to tell the difference, cause I'm a black in the both of your eyes. You gave me pneumonia, honey. Yes, you gave me pneumonia, baby. Yes, the love you gave me has grown so cold. I got pneumonia in my heart and soul. In my heart and soul Got it deep, deep, deep down in my little soul Somebody help me Pneumonia by Crazy Crazy Joe Tex And I noticed uh, that people usually put up the record label on YouTube It's on the Fever record label Excellent Yeah, I think the first track I ever heard from him too And it was one of his bigger hits Was called uh, I Gotcha Which is on the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack uh, Ah and yep. it's another crazy song. It is literally about this woman that, you know, you, you had a boyfriend and then you told me you're going to leave him and you're going to be with me. Well, I got a gun and now I got you. And it's basically, you know, a guy threatening a woman at gunpoint. You said you were going to be with me. Now you broke up with him. You got to be with me. It's disturbing. But it's also like it's a really good track. So you kind of forgive <laughs> the, the darker nature of the lyrics for the fact that it's just really badass kind of more folk, uh, folk oriented. 
Yeah. But yeah, the fever label. That's uh, that's a good little coinky dink. Yeah. Uh, let's see, to, to keep the levity up, uh, Courtney suggested a couple, I, I get my double now. Um, mm-hmm. there were, there is a whole history as, uh, Courtney says of answer songs. There's hundreds of them. Whenever there's a big hit, um, somebody does a parody of it. There was a parody of, um, Stan Freeberg did parodies of quite a few. Um, oh, yes. Well, that's true, actually. That's kind of his. But even just other like bands, you know, it would be like another famous band. Like there was, um, uh, oh, what's the one where the girls like uh, for 16th birthday party and Johnny disappears or whatever. But then someone actually wrote a song as like uh, the girl that he disappears with. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you weren't that good of a girlfriend. So I got him. Ha ha. So it was just like a common thing to like, the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Like, to, to do a take, yeah, take off on the song or, you know, that here's the, here's the rest of the story or whatever it is. Exactly. And it was a good way to get your band kind of noticed, you know, you'd be kind of a nobody band, but you would kind of make this sort of like response right. to like a song and suddenly everyone's like, it was basically like throwing shade. It was the 50s, 60s equivalent of just like, yeah, salting on someone else's uh, lyrics. So it's just, uh, it's kind of a cool phenomenon if you want to look it up. I just said there's, there's yeah. many examples. There may be entire uh, entire websites devoted to it, which I didn't see, oh, yeah. which I haven't seen. Um, certainly, the WF- main artist will answer back as well. So that's yeah. kind of yeah, people exactly. back and forth, you know, uh, beef kind of going uh, musically, which I think is fabulous. Okay, so uh, one a big nineteen sixty six hit for uh, Nancy Sinatra, of course, was "These Boots mm-hmm. Are Made for Walking," probably the biggest hit she ever had. Um, oh yeah, and that's a good uh, tell off song as well. It's anti Valentine's song. Go. Yeah, and so I don't. Know, I think I've got four or five different Boots answer songs or or parodies. Um, this is a definitely an answer song. It's called "These Spurs Are Made for Riding" by somebody <laughs> named Gene Goza, who I could find nothing on, although I didn't make a huge effort. Um, sounds like he came out of Texas here or somewhere in the South. But um, it's a it's a, it's a uh, I'm I'm taking my male privilege back uh, song or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, so. These Spurs Are Made for Riding by Gene Goza. I've been hearing a lot of sassy talk lately. (laughs) How someone's gonna walk all over me. Well, let me tell you a thing or two now, sister. (laughs) The gal's not made who can do that, you see. of yours are gonna ride right up your back. Now you must think you're some fancy pussycat. <laughs> and old Tom's supposed to jump when you growl. <laughs> well, understand me now, you poor little kitty. I don't give a hang how much you go and prowl. Yeah, 
<laughs> They're going to ride right up of your back. Giddy up, Spurs. Something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been messing where you shouldn't have been messing. Oh, that ain't so. And how someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. Oh, blood, sweat, toil, and tears. My dear, I can't take much more. No, no. Mm. No. You keep lying when you ought to be truthing. You keep saying that you'll never get burned. Well, I've just found me a brand new box of matches. Huh? And what he knows, you ain't had time to learn. Yes, these boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. Walk all over me? Walk all over me? No, walk, sweetie, walk all over me. Indeed, now stop that. You keep saying that you've got something for me. Something that you call love, but confess. You've been messing where you shouldn't have been messing. Oh, no, honey. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. Out the door with me, sweetheart. I've had enough. You and your chains, the beat scene. I've got bruises all over my body. Yes, indeed. Prepared to put up a groove. After all. Bye now. <laughs> Teddy and Daniel, a Daryl. Yes, Teddy and Daryl. I've used me a couple of those over the years. Okay. You were yeah. me these guys were on uh, Camp Camp Records with the. With the I label? think yeah, there was the, there was a um, the main record label for uh, queer parody records in the 1960s was Camp Records. There were a few others. Um, one of the one of the um, records is actually called "The Queen Is Out of the Closet." Has uh-huh. a whole bunch of different um, uh, gay, I don't know, parody songs. Basically, they were. There is a uh, very uh, um, unsubstantiated rumor that. That much of the album was written and performed by Rodney Dangerfield. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now, I, you sent me the link about uh, Camp Records. So I'm going to check this out a bit more because it's news to me. But now, when I was going through your list and I heard this, my instant um, uh, kind of idea for a follow up, it wasn't on my original list, but I threw this on because it just felt like a, a brilliant segue. It's actually a more contemporary act, uh, Hunks and His Punks. 
Um, so I saw these guys live. They're they're incredible. Uh, Hunks just looks like a, 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 I don't know, love child of John Waters and I, I don't know who else, but he's got the, the thin kind of sleeve stash. Um, he's very much playing homage to, to John Waters and to some of these sort of like earlier camp queer sort of uh, parodies uh, in his in modern day incarnations. They're like San Francisco band uh, from the 2000s kind of era. Oh yeah, um, queer, uh, queer yeah, core. The album that I have, it's called uh, Gay Singles, which is just oh, excellent album title, and uh, it's a mixture of like kind of punk and bubblegum. And he's got an awesome uh, kind of lineup with uh, Aaron Emsley and Shannon Shaw of Shannon and the Clams as his drummer. Um, but yeah, he uh, recently toured doing kind of more solo stuff as the, as Seth Bogart. Uh, but the Hunks kind of character was just this sort of like butch queer bondage. Um, but they would do these really upbeat, fun kind of bubblegum songs but just like dressed outrageously like a cast from like a John Waters film. And uh, this is just one of my favorites. This is uh, You Don't Like Rock and Roll, which is just, it, it, it sings to anyone, no matter what your, your particular preference would be. There's just, to me, music is such an important factor. And you might be good looking and charming and funny and all these things, but baby, if you don't like rock and roll, I don't like you. So this is from 2009, gay single, punks and his punk, You Don't Like Rock and Roll. Yeah. 
Mishu, it's whatever that is, meets the Ramones, meets the Shangri-Las, meets John Waters. That's exactly, exactly. what it is. Exactly. It's got a lot of just that old up-tempo vibe. It's honestly, it's an excellent album. Uh, they're just excellent love doo-wop songs. I highly recommend a slightly more serious one. Um, it's about. Uh, it's by Roy Clark, who I'm not going to talk about because if you don't know who Roy Clark is, then you know, uh, famous guitarist was on uh, what you would call it on uh, Hee Haw for a gazillion years as kind of their house um, guitar guy. This is a song about wanting to run away from your marriage, <laughs> called "Right or Left at Oak Street." It's I don't know how to describe it. It's it's sad, scary, pathetic, and I don't know everything at the same time, but it's a kind of a balladish one, um, mm. a little bit upbeat. Uh, let's see what Roy Clark has to say about right or left at Oak Street. That's, of course, him playing. The alarm rang at seven this morning, the same time it did yesterday. 7.30's my breakfast time And I know what the wife's gonna say The Crawford's next door Got a new swimming pool And the Miller's got a color TV Mr. Wilson's job's not good as yours But his wife dresses better than me I get to the school at 8.05 And drop off the kids at the gate and I drive past the clock outside the bank. It's exactly a quarter past eight. When I reach the stop sign in Oak Street, the same thought crosses my mind. Should I turn right like I always have, or left and leave it behind? Right or left at Oak Street, that's the choice I face every day. And I don't know which takes more courage The staying or the running away My left turn would take me to somewhere Leave alarm clocks and schedules behind And the world wouldn't care If I'm not somewhere At some particular time for a man can do what he wants to do And no one expects him to give All of his time to the same old routine In the one life that he has to live I'm not sure which way is the best way But I've always turned right before And it might be strange at the end of the day if they weren't there at the door A man must make his decisions But he must consider the stakes For every man's life is a gamble It depends on the turn that he takes Right or left at Oak Street That's the choice I face every day and I don't know which takes more courage The staying or the running away Right or left at Oak Street That's the choice I face every day And I don't know which takes more courage The staying or the running away
my God, Right or Left at Oak Street by Roy Clark. It's uh, I know what the word I was looking for. I think I know the word I was looking for. It is uh, a, can you think of the word? What is? What would be the word for that song? Oh, gosh, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's tragic. It's lamentable. I don't know. It's uh, uh, tragic, lamenting, uh, plaintive. Uh, uh, he's, he's got a touch of humor to it, you know. He's, yeah. he's weighing his options, but it is. It's ultimately tragic, but yeah. uh it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to, to, to figure out what to do in those situations, for sure. I think uh, I picked my next song because it was, um, again, someone sort of like uh, figuring out how to deal with. Uh, that's what happens. I think you end up in a, in a relationship for a long time and there's you take the good with the bad. But then, uh, you know, being in close uh, quarters for a long time, sometimes the bad just starts to overweigh. You start to focus on that more because you're. You're living together. You're seeing everyone's idiosyncrasies, all the uh, all the little things that they do that may annoy you. Um, so that's why I kind of picked this next one because I think it's a very much humorous take on it, uh, but still in a loving tone, you know. Uh, so I picked uh, Jake Thackeray on again, um, or on and on again. I guess would be the, the title. This is from '77. This guy is is hilarious. I I love his stuff. He's very very smart. Uh, British uh, musician, English singer songwriter. Uh, he's a poet. He was a journalist for some time. And he was kind of well-known during the late 60s, early 70s for doing very topical comedy songs, very much in that sort of like carry-on comedy uh, era of British comedy. Um, and, and he did everything from uh, right, satire to very like body songs. Uh, there's a couple that are about, um, oh, there's one fabulous one about, it's called The Lodger, about this guy who like checks into a hotel. And of course, you know, all the young uh, hotel's uh, owner's daughter's have to go and check in on his room and, and make sure that he's seen to. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, very like kind of sexy body, but in that sort of um, upper lip uh, British style of not actually outright saying the, the dirty thing, but sort of dancing all around it in brilliant sort of uh, prose. Um, so, yeah, he had very strong uh, storytelling abilities. The craftsmanship of his songs and the guitar are just exquisite. But this song, I, I, I adore this song, and I've played it for a few people. And it's, it's just basically about a man who sort of just gets frustrated with his wife because the woman just goes on and on and on again. She talks a lot. <laughs> um, and it is true in my relationships, uh, both past and present, I have been known to be a lo loquacious lady. Um, however, you can't just kind of dismiss this as being sort of a guy saying, oh, these bloody women, they sure do talk a lot. Because the, the guy singing the song He's also kind of talking a lot. And so it's very tongue in cheek. It's very much satire. At one point, he even kind of calls himself a misogynist. It's, you know, it's a kind of a, a quippy line. He's like, you know, I love her every bit as much as the next misogynist. So it's like um, to dismiss this song as just being about a dude complaining about broads talking too much, I think is to really severely underestimate the song. I think it's quite a brilliant, funny, punchy song. And it has layers. So this is uh, Jake Thackeray on again. And uh, as Jack Thackeray begins every one of his songs, this song is offensive. <laughs> this song is offensive. <laughs> my day. <laughs> to me it is palpable proof of God's existence. A hey, posterior I also I love breasts and arms and ankles, elbows, knees. It is the tongue, the tongue, the tongue on a woman that spoils the job for me. Please understand I respect and admire the frailer sex. 
and I honor them every bit as much as the next. Misogynist, but give some women the gossip a chance to talk and then a bomb. They will go on again, on again, on again, on again, on again, on again, on again. <laughs> I fell in love with a woman with wonderful thighs and hips. And a sensational belly, I just never noticed her lips Were always moving only when we got to the altar And she had to say I do And she folded her arms and gathered herself And took in her breath And I knew she could have gone on again, on again, on again Till the entire congregation passed out And the vicar passed on And the choir boys passed through puberty their families jubilant Their maniacal laughter And their ghastly gratitude She talks to me when I go for a shave or a sleep or a swim. She talks to me on a Sunday when I go singing hymns and drinking heavily when I go mending my chimney pot. She's down there in the street and at 95 on my motorbike she's on the pillion seat, wittering on again, on again, on and again and again. When I'm eating or drinking or reading or thinking or when I'm saying my rosary, she will never stop talking to me. She is one of those women who will never use three or four words when a couple of thousand will easily do. <laughs> She also talks without stopping to me in our bed of a night Throughout the sweetest of our intimate delights She never gives over, not even stopping while we go hammer and tongs towards the peak Except we beat for a sigh and a groan and one perfunctory shriek Then she goes on again, on again, on again, on I'm Assume that she has never noticed that she's just been interrupted totally unruffled She isn't as far as I can see I might just as well have been posting a letter or stirring up the tea <laughs> And she will not take a hint, not once she's made a start. I can belch but she'll knock up a syllable. I could stand in front of her grimly sharpening up an axe. I could sprinkle her with paraffin and ask her for a match. She'd just go on again, on again, on again, even more. The hind leg of a donkey's peanuts for her. She can bore the balls of a buffalo. Mother of God, I cry one day, oh, let your kingdom come. And in the meantime, mother, will you strike this woman down? She appeared to me then and there The Blessed Virgin herself in answer to my prayer Despite the vulgarity shimmering softly dressed in blue and holding up a hand I cocked a pious ear as the mother of God began Well she went on again, on again, on again, on and I Will have to state how very much I sympathize with the rest of the family Give some women the ghost of a chance to talk and thereupon They will go on again, on again, on again, on again And again, and again, and again, and again they will go on again, on again, on again, on again, on again, on again, on again. Oh, there's Jake Thackeray with On Again. Yeah, just a hilarious track. And uh, as I said, I just, I, I love the lyrics. There's uh, a lot of stuff in his uh, music that I think you really have to go back through and, and, and really listen to to consider the cleverness of it. There's there's some funny jokes, but as you're laughing over one, he's introducing another. It's just very, very well-crafted storytelling, very well-crafted jokes. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Ah, okay. Thank you. That's uh, that's a um, that has uh, been featured, as uh, Courtney said a little uh, earlier while we were talking on the 
Audio Curio site, uh, or I'm sorry, group that we have on Facebook. If you want to join, just uh, ask to join Audio Curio, and you can um, see some of these weird songs that uh, Courtney, I, and uh, lots and Aaron lots and does. lots of people post. Huh? We've got a good group going now. I think we're, we're, we're approaching like kind of uh, 80 members. It's like uh, starting out as a secret group, but I mean, it's um, no, we're getting a, a lot of different sort of uh, contributions from around the different scope of uh, obscure stuff, outsider art, there's stuff that's kind of new, but doing interesting things, and then just some old, weird classics that we kind of dig up. So I think we have the, yeah. we've got a solid collection, and it's, uh, it's been steady uh, going for just like three, four years now. Something like quite long. Yeah. It's a nice little catalog. I, I enjoy our little museum of uh, bizarre and strange tunes. So we try to treat, treat it a bit like a museum, uh, have a bit of an introduction, have a bit of a backstory, uh, not just like blindly posting links to things that you like, but like stuff that, uh, yeah, might have an intriguing sort of um, sort of history to it or uh, cultural sort of cache that uh, might be cool to examine in the context of sort of music that flies in the face, I think, of the mainstream. It's mm-hmm. the thing that we love. It is a learning experience. Uh, okay. I have another answer song, but it is a, it is answer, it's probably answering Jake a little bit. I talked to Courtney about this beforehand. She says, you get, are you going to play They're Coming to Take Me Away because you're playing the song? Because it's an answer song. And yeah. I said, if you're listening to this show and you don't know the Napoleon the 14th song, then I really don't know what to say to you. But <laughs> <laughs> And even if you haven't, you really only have to hear about the thir- first 30 seconds of it, I think, to really grasp the tone and the insanity and, and the annoying intensity Remember of the original track. They're coming to take me This one. Okay, that's all you're going to get of it. But um, no information whatsoever that I can tell for Josephine the 14th, which who <laughs> knows the actual name of the person that did this. She sounds like she's probably... European, German, French, I'm not sure, or mm-hmm. trying to put on put on an accent to sound like it. But it's a woman saying, I'm happy they took you away, ha-ha. Uh-huh. Um, well, I was going to say, just, just as some intro to the original, it's, it's basically just this guy going on that, like, they're coming to take me away uh, because basically, woman, you drove me nuts. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of the crux of the song, and he's just sort of going on that, oh, I've lost my mind, blah, 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 because of this darn crazy woman. This is very, uh, you showed me, there's actually an entire CD of, of response songs to this. This yes. song was irritating and so grating and so uh, it, it got the, the attention of so many people that you could literally fill a compilation CD and probably leave a few songs off of people that just had to respond to this. But of all the ones on that CD, I have to say this one is the sassiest because it's come from a lady who, uh, yeah, just has a few things to say about that. So, yeah, let's, let's give this one a listen. All right. Good. <laughs> Remember when I ran away and you got on your knees and begged me not to leave because you'd go berserk? Well, you thought you had me fooled, but I just left you anyhow because I knew you were already out of your mind. Ah, I'm happy they took you away. Ha-ha, I'm happy they took you away. Ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life's hysterical all the time and you'll be sorry I sent you were nuts and so I laughed I laughed when you had said that losing me would make you flip your lid right it's true I laughed you heard me laugh I laughed I laughed and laughed and then I left because I know you're utterly mad 
Un, I'm happy they took you away. Ha ha, I'm happy they took you away. Ho ho, hee hee, ha ha, to the happy home. With trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes and I'm happy they took you away. Ha <laughs> You burned my food, you wrecked my house and this is how I've paid you back for all your cool and loving selfish deeds. <laughs> They've got you now and you'll get just what you deserve for calling me a much you mangy man. And I'm happy they took you away. Ha ha, I'm happy they took you away. Ho ho, hee hee, ha ha, to the funny farm where life's hysterical all the time. And you'll be sorry I sent those nice young men in their clean white coats. And I'm happy they took you away. Ha ha! To the happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes. And I'm happy they took you away. Ah, Josephine the 14th, whoever that might be. <laughs> I, I never really listened to the lyrics. Well, I didn't remember when she, because he says, I cooked your food, I cleaned your house. And she said, you burned my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to listen to it in the context of the other songs. And as I said, there there is an awesome CD that just has like nothing but response songs mm-hmm. to the original song, which is that, yeah, you have to hear the original and then just see how people responded. But it all matches in that tone, that hammering, annoying madness that was Napoleon the 14th. The one I have is a collection. It's called Napoleon Complex that it's on. That's fabulous. Yeah, so since we're in sort of fictitious female alter egos, my next one, actually, that I'm going to queue up is from Earth Girl Helen Brown. It was just... I, I am in love with this woman. I, uh, I've heard this track before. Um, I think the original, this is from like 2011. And I just found out as I was researching this that she has a new project. Uh, she's actually going to be touring and a new album out of just as of like you know, late last year, 2017, called Mercury. Um, and, and okay, so here's the story. Earth Girl Helen Brown. I heard this song. There's an amazing video on YouTube. It's like stop motion animation. And I, I thought your viewers in particular are going to love this because it's basically this awesome intergalactic love story. This is not an anti-Valentine song. This is a straight up love story that uh, is just like a woman who falls in love with an alien from another planet. And it's just wonderful. But there's an awesome animation video online that you can check out. But then I tried to research her because that's that's what I do. And I couldn't find out anything. And then when I found out things, there's this crazy story circulating. And I'll, I'll read you a quote here. Please. Um, a, a mysterious girl born in Canada, raised in a Georgia-based cult. Uh, she went blind in one eye as a child playing baseball. After leaving the cult, Brown became a nomadic, psychedelic folk singer, uh, lived in the Alaskan mountaintops. And she befriended a fake shaman and led a drug-fueled musical career that involved cutting herself on stage before vanishing into obscurity. Now, this is the story that is sort of posted on with the album. It's completely fabricated. Uh, this whole character is, is completely fictitious. It's actually a very, very real and very, very talented artist, Heidi Alexander. She's one-third of a San Francisco folk band called the Sandwiches. And it's uh, sand as in sand on the beach and witches as in cauldrons and bats and boop and ha 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 so yes. she had uh, basically formed this alter ego um she was helped a lot with another artist that i really love from the san fran area i believe he's from there uh sunny smith from sunny in the sunset and it's very much that style of uh storytelling songwriting so sunny smith is on her new album she, she made up alter egos for all the people that helped her on the new album 
So Sonny Smith is actually Sunshine Lady. Uh, Ty Seagal, who I don't know if you know his music, but I'm, I'm a huge fan. He's uh, Ziggy Speck. Uh, John Dwyer from the OCs is Jose uh, DeSeo. And so she basically made up crazy names and backstories for all of her friends. And this is just like a completely fictitious band that they've generated. Uh, generated. But the lead character is, of course, Earth Girl Helen Brown. And this is the title track from her 2011 debut, Story of an Earth Girl. And this is just a, a lovely, sweet song about love in impossible, weird places. I hope you enjoy it. I was going too fast. And my wings caught fire. And I was forced to land my ship on an unknown planet. And it was there I met a Martian man with a big Martian gun. Now I kissed a lot of space freaks, but I never found a prince. Here it seemed my luck might change in an instant. But with a little Martian joy comes a little space rain. See, there were colonists there, or Martians there, and they all came out, and they were circling me. But all their eyes were missing, yeah, all their eyes were gone. They had six legs, four or five arms, and they don't got a nose, they just got a hose for a nose. And the hose goes straight into the ground, and they send thoughts to their nose hose, straight down into the ground, and those thoughts start to sprout little tiny seeds, but they're not little plants, but little bitty leaves, they're little bitty Martians, they're little bitty space freaks, and they're chasing me, they're all just chasing me, and I think, these are his people, this is his tribe, so I say, hey tiger, save me from your pride, but he doesn't say a thing, he just takes his nose hose, and he sticks it into me, and his thoughts go right into my pussy, now that's a feeling that I never felt before. Like a cosmic downpour, I'm down on all fours. I'm feeling the thoughts, and there's lots and lots. They have mighty, mighty hot thoughts. Oh, mighty, mighty, mighty hot thoughts. Oh. Say L O 
V E. That's good, Kenny. That's a good start. Story of an Earth Girl by Helen Earth Girl Helen Brown. Just as I said, go on YouTube uh, or wherever and check out the the music video. It's it's delightful. Uh, I love the fake backstory, and uh, yeah, I love the very real talent. Very very awesome voice and and style. So what do you got? What do we have next? What do I got? Uh, I actually did some uh, research for this one, which is why I wanted to play it. And um, I've got a bunch of Red Ingle and the Natural Seven. Uh, recordings. I think I even have a couple seventy eights of nice. Red Ingle. Yeah, which I Is should. Seventy eight player? Huh? That that's I find that harder to find than the seventy eights. It's something that will play a seventy eight. Yeah, well, I have an old turntable that will play them, and I also have a nineteen twenty eight portable Victrola that will play them. Oh, wonderful! Now and I've been it... trying to track one down because I have this thing. It's some surrealist artist, and he came up with this thing. It's like a hypnosis machine or is it called a dream machine yes it's a dream machine it was uh yeah. brian geisen and uh william burroughs uh that mostly brian geisen you need a 78 to play it to go at the right amount of rotation mm-hmm. the giant cardboard tube with holes cut in it and you stare into it and supposedly it will cause dreamlike hallucinations and so i i've actually printed out the the template but i i need a 78 player to kind of uh spin it around the right uh turn just to see if it works so yeah, no, that's it uh, works. It works. Yeah. Um, it worked a little when I tried it. it I I started seeing wow. patterns, but I didn't. I I got called away, so I couldn't actually sit with it. So uh, the funny thing is that I've got an electric one that'll play seventy eight, seventy eight forty five. Um, oh, you know what I found uh, when I went down to see my parents? That my dad said, "Look what I found in the basement." It was the portable record player that my sister and I used to listen to records on when we were little. Um, a little RCA record player. I think I can fix it. Yeah. It has oh, no. it has every sp- it has thirty three forty five seventy eight and sixteen. What? There oh, is a yeah. There is a whole genre, not genre, but it was a standard to get more you know stuff on a record. They had them play at sixteen RPM. Um, <laughs> so of course, what we would do, just like Pat and Oswalt with his you know playing the playing the uh, Chipmunk stuff, we took every record we have, every Disney <laughs> record, every. Um, cartoon record, anything, and played him at 16 and just screamed with laughter because everybody sounded that's, roar, 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 roar. that's awesome. Oh, geez, uh, I don't even know if I've seen a 16 player. That You have to fix that up. That's a, Yeah, that's a- I got to fix it. I've, I've got another um, turntable in the garage that I found at a, a thrift store that plays uh, 16, 78, 45, and 33 as well that I used to use for transcribing records, but I haven't done that in a long time. Anyway... Red Ingle and the Natural Seven. Red Ingle was a classically trained um, musician and violinist, actually, from, um, I think, yeah, Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, he started out uh, playing for different orchestras, even played for, apparently, Bix Beiderbeck, Frankie Trombauer, and Ted Weems Orchestra. And then for a little while, he had he was his own band leader. Um, <laughs> singer Perry Como called Ingle one of the most talented men I've ever met. Um, he was also a pilot, which makes him very near and dear to me. He got his pilot's license in 1924. He could have conceivably gotten his pilot license from one of the Wright brothers. But anyway, <laughs> probably not. Also a talented leather carver whose saddles were de- in demand by celebrities. What? What didn't he do? Um, yeah. In, uh, he, he, wanted, he, you know, he was going to go in the Air Force during World War II. When was he born? Let's see when he was born. Uh, 1906. 
So he would have been basically in his, you know, in his late 30s uh, mm-hmm. during World War II. He failed an eye test. So luckily for us, he failed the eye test and he returned to music and he got hired by Spike Jones and his City ah. Slickers. Um, yeah, and they found out he was, you know, apart from being a really good violinist and, uh, and uh, what else did he play? I don't know. Anyway, uh, apart from being a really good uh, musician, he was also a really good um, comedian and vocal person. And he was basically the front man for a lot of um, the uh, famous Spike Jones songs like Chloe. Um, mm-hmm. He would run on in a fright wig, combat boots and a nightgown while waving a lantern, climbing, climaxing the song with a cry, I gotta go, as he dived into an outhouse. <laughs> Well, that's just a, a visual tapestry of imagery. Yeah, there. he left in 1946 after a salary dispute. He ran around uh, Hollywood and radio shows till he decided to make his own record. And the first his uh, his first hit was called Temptation, which is a spoof of the uh, Perry Como hit Temptation. Yeah, yeah, and um, he had a song called Oh, cigarette cigarettes and whiskey and wild wild women, which I have played on the mm-hmm. show. Um, yeah, I love all those things. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> became, became a hit because, uh, uh, and it was banned from radio airplay by all major networks. Ooh, so fabulous! Another reason to have Red, yeah, Red Engel be a uh, hero. So he basically played the silly hillbilly, but the, of course the song is "I Love You" for sentimental reasons. Is the, mm-hmm. the regular song, the regular hit? Though I can't remember who wrote it. Nat King Cole had a very big hit with it, and so many other people. Huh. But this is uh, Red Ingle and his his band, uh, his parody band, playing "I Love You" for seventy mental reasons, and it's very <laughs> fast, so you got to follow it. Smooth as a goose, boys. Here we go. Hoping you believe me, you've broken my heart. I love you, your loan will be a mint for me. Please give your loving heart to me and say that we will never part. I dream of you every morning, keep dreaming all day and all night. Little darling, I'm never lonely if you stay out of my sight. Cause I
luck and God bless you, my dear. I know you love another, my heart is hanging queer. I gave you 70 reasons why we should never part. So please pass the poison you have broken my heart. Very dirty lacquer record. <laughs> it adds to the quality. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, prob- it's probably what my record sounds like. If uh, whatever Red Ingle Natural set, I've got a couple of them. I just don't know. I might actually have that one. So That's who awesome. knows? Anyway, um, yeah, very, very, very twisted, uh, non-traditional, uh, heartbreaking, heartbroken uh, uh, record, but very silly. Yeah, I thought a good follow-up for that. I, I didn't know if I could. No pun intended. Squeeze this one in. But this, <laughs> is, <laughs> uh, this is uh, called Big Ten Inch from Bull Moose Jackson. Now, you, we have had a good history of sharing these songs back and forth. There are, there's a huge history of the Dirty Blues songs. Oh, yes. There are some filthy, filthy titles over history. Uh, some songs dating back from just as soon as you know people could possibly record these things, uh, and and Lord knows it goes further back than that. I think one of the earlier ones that we had shared ones were like uh, "Please warm my wiener," uh, yes. "Put my banana in your basket." There was a "Shave and Dry." Remember that? I'm, I'm remembering titles. There's a there's a yeah. Josh Cutchin actually uh, had me play that on on one of the shows, and I had to change the the rating of the show to uh, adult after that one song. Oh, no, there's a bunch of them. I'm looking at a list right now, actually. There's yeah, like there 11. are. There's tons. There's, there's a huge history. Hawkins. Oh, I almost put on, um, uh, for, for one of the ladies, Let's Get Drunk and Truck by Tampa Red. I just love the title, uh, <laughs> Let's Get Drunk and Truck. But this one yeah. I, I had to throw on because it's super catchy, and it's just, uh, as I said, I think it would fit our, our, our little show here, uh, just in the sense of it's tongue-in-cheek. It's a lot of fun. So this is Bull Moose Jackson, uh, Benjamin Claris. Um, he was an American blues and rhythm and blues singer. Uh, he actually plays a saxophone on here as well, too. It's not just the the, the singing that, that's going on. More successful in the late 40s and early 50s. Um, he's sometimes considered just strictly a performer of dirty blues, but he did a lot of stuff. But this one song, now here's the thing. He would play this at every show uh, regardless. It was a huge hit. The audience loved it because it's hilarious. It's just, again, in the, in the token of the last song that you played, you got to listen to the lyrics, and it's just like, it's dirty, but it, it you know, he's, he's putting a twist on it. But at the same token, because it was considered too risque for radio at the time, this wasn't a big hit as far as financially, but it was just something that he played at every show, and, and he included it in all of his shows. Yeah, big so, underground hit. So later on during the 80s, uh, I think they had a bit of a revival. He had released an album that was called, like, Moose Mania, and there was an album and a tour. This guy was now in his 60s doing these like tawdry hits he had this he had a couple other ones that were just sort of, sort of like risque titles um but uh, at least he got to see some success with with the dirty raunchy humor because let's face it like they're they're hilarious they're a fun little uh, relic from a time uh before us and and you know who lo- doesn't love a little uh, innuendo so uh yeah this is from 1952 and this is a, a big dirty hit from uh from a time where it was uh, well before its time big 10 inch by bull moose jackson Got me the strangest woman Believe me, this chick's no sense But I really get her going When I take out my big 10-inch Record of the band that plays the blues The band that plays the blues She just loves my big 10-inch Record of her favorite blues Thank you. 
please her. I gave her a little pinch, but she said, now stop that jiving and get out that big 10-inch record of the band that played the blues. Well, the band that played the blues, she just loved my big 10-inch record of her favorite blues. I cover her with kisses when we're in a love with clinch. And when she gets all excited, she begs for my big 10-inch record of the band that played the blues. Well, the band that played the blues, she just loves that big 10-inch record of her favorite blues. just makes her flinch see she just goes for nothing except my big 10 inch record of the band that played the blues well the band that played the blues she just loves my big 10 inch record of her favorite blues there you are every inch of it oh fabulous <laughs> <laughs> So I will follow that up with, hmm, should it be? I guess so. A song by Barnes & Barnes off one of their later records. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, called Pussy Whipped. And I think uh, that that is all the explanation I'm going to give it. Everybody knows who Barnes & Barnes is, Fish Heads guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of I'm them was, I can't remember. with uh, Bill Paxton after his passing, too, because yeah. like he he produced that that video, I believe. Yeah, the Fish Heads video, video, I but think. I found some- I looked. I was. I was trying to find a link to that song when you you sent me your list, and there was a, a couple other ones that he's actually involved in their music. Too. Yes. So he, yeah. He has this crazy relationship with them, and and they do some very. If you're a fan of Devo and that really like kind of art rock kind of pushing yes. the boundary. Yeah. They do have some fabulous stuff, and it's definitely. I mean, I mean, it's a lot more tawdry and risque than even some of the stuff Devo was doing, and that's that's no small compliment. So. Yeah. Let's uh, let's try this Barnes and Barnes for us. This is Pussy yeah, Whipped from their album Vubaha, I think. What I'm doing 
If the woman leaves, I have to whip it a long Barnes and Barnes. I don't even know if there's a video for that. I don't think there is. No, they they have some awesome videos, like very much experimental. As I said, some of them directed by Bill Paxton, of all people, too. Yeah, he was a uh, collaborator. Uh, one of the yeah. Barnes and Barnes was uh, Billy Mumy, uh, the child actor. I can't remember who the other guy was, and I'm sure um, that's going to come back to haunt me because I didn't do my research. But incre- incredible, uh, sort of an underground Hollywood hipster band of the 1980s. Yeah, very underground, but they were very much beloved, it seemed, and, and very much everyone wanted to be in on that that weird joke. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, as a as a personal choice, uh, I wanted to throw in some CanCon, some some relatable stuff from my hometowns uh, here in Canada. So I have uh, this next artist I I, I picked. Uh, yeah, as this guy B. A. Johnson um, or Johnston, pardon me. Let's uh, let's take that again because we're doing this radio. I have uh, selected this track from B. A. Johnston. Uh, Gotta love the title. It's um, Everyone You Date Af- After Me is a Sack of Shit. Um, <laughs> this guy is incredible. <laughs> I, uh, he's, he's from Hamilton, uh, Ontario. He's their own uh, golden child of this sort of folk, pump, punk, pop culture party tunes. You just, if you have a chance to see this guy live, I, I just recommend that you don't miss that chance. I saw him first off here in Montreal at uh, Grumpy's Bar in Montreal, and, and it was just an incredible show. He starts off sort of dressed as this sort of, um, you know, uh, Captain and Tennille, sailor cap and whatever. By the <laughs> end of it, he's very much in little else but his pants and, 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 and encrusted with whatever else is kind of picked up on the floor, writhing around on his belly on the bar, on the floor. Uh, at one point, I think he grabbed a candle from the bar and like poured hot wax on his chest. He led the entire crowd inside the bar to the outside street where he proceeded to light off Roman candles, uh, like these fireworks, yeah. and sing, still with the mic, uh, in hand from the inside audio. He needs a very long chord for this performance. Then he uh, brought everyone back in. Uh, I believe he finished the show uh, with everyone crammed into the girls' restroom as he sat on the toilet and just finished off with this acoustic song while sitting on the loo, everybody kind of peeking their heads into this like tiny cramped <laughs> Um And just like, I mean, this guy, I have to say, he gives off like a, a James Brown caliber of just performance excellent the guy just throws it all on the floor it's fantastic and just these awesome songs they are just uh, very much uh, i mean he's a, he's a he's a man of my generation you know 80s 90s movies nostalgia video games uh any sort of that pop culture whatever this particular song is off an album it's called thank you for being a friend 
um, which I adored as being a huge Golden Girls fan. The cover <laughs> and every one of his album covers, they're they're marvelous, uh, is an illustration. It is him uh, alongside of, as I recall, John Candy, the Hamburglar from McDonald's and um, a, a gremlin. So anyway, this, this guy, he's still making music now. He's on tour. I believe he's got like uh, his spring tour is called My Life is Like a Groundhog's Day Rerun. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, yeah, always these awesome sort of film and, and movie and, and pop culture references. But he's going to be uh, touring through uh, most of eastern Canada, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Uh, but this particular song, uh, it's a short one, but it, it, it hits to the point. Uh, this is uh, Lamentations of uh, a guy uh, singing to a girl, basically letting her know that everyone you did after me is a sack of shit. In 2008, <laughs> this is B.A. Johnson. loves Maxim magazine he wears co-ed naked volleyball tees he spends his nights cleaning up down at the local Arby's he's got something in his teeth oh you pray that it's roast beef he's got something in his teeth it's a mouthful of scary Arby's beef everyone you date after me shall be a douchebag Everyone who slips between the sheets, a total douchebag. Everyone whose tongue creases your teeth, a total douchebag. And he smells like a vat of Axe body spray, cause he loves those commercials. And now you must pay. He comes over later, you're getting romantic. Go, you're getting laid. With a mouthful of Barbie's beef and a nose full of Axe body spray. Axe body spray. Everyone you meet after me shall be a douchebag. Everyone who slips between the sheets, a total douchebag. Everyone whose tongue creases your teeth, a total douchebag. Douchebag, douchebag. That one had me laughing all the way through. I actually um, listened to it about half of it beforehand and cracked me up. So I wanted to, the rest of it would be kind of a, a surprise when I listened to it. Um, I've got a couple left. And since we're a little bit more modern, I would like to play Look at You, You're Ugly by Nora Keys. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nora Keys was the vocalist for the Centimeters, which is basically a, a highly um, local Los Angeles band. Um, active in the 90s. I saw them play a couple of times, uh, and every year they do one reunion show. At least they've been doing it for a while, and if, I'm, if, if I pay attention, I see when they're going to do it, and I get to experience them all over again. I believe this was her first CD, her first uh, solo CD. Uh, I think it might have been produced by Don Bowles. Nice. And, you uh, sang the song, the first compilation you gave me, and this is a song that I have played in, in various forms of company and been repeatedly told, can we put on something else? Like it's horrifying. It's uh, <laughs> it, it is the, the, the musical equivalent of like nails on a chalkboard, which is why it delights me. It is <laughs> fabulous. I'm glad we're, we're throwing this in the mix. Yeah. And she, one time I gave her a ride from a party. I was totally starstruck. She said, I don't have a ride. And so she sat on my girlfriend's oh. lap in my car and we oh. took her, 
we took her back and she you know she's like you know four foot five or something she's really <laughs> small so we, we took her back to her uh, apartment and she said thank you so much would you like a cd and she gave me this cd oh bless her no yeah. I, honestly and I, I say that with the utmost respect when i say that i mean it's just like she is doing oh no no i i know what you mean intentionally to aggravate and 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 delight uh all of the nefarious senses <laughs> but yeah. no i i'm amazed at this it's uh it's something that has to be heard <laughs> from really the c that. yeah from the cd songs to cry by for the golden age of nothing here's <laughs> look at you you're ugly by nora keys a hero of mine
so surprised that we did not lose any audience during that song. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're brave, all of you. Yes, I, I, my, my, I love my audience. Thank you so much. No, it's a fabulous song. I, per- like, as I said, I love things like this, but I, I have literally five different stories I could tell you about this kind of either coming on inadvertently on my playlist or me putting it on for people specifically and people just looking at me like, I, I, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> so, well, I, I adore it, uh, but I'm a, a bit of a freak when it comes to that sort of thing. I love things that uh, excite and titillate and aggravate the mind. So, um, no, I'm glad we included it here. So kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum, because this was just a, a horrific track and it's meant to be abrasive and subversive. Um, it was on my original list. I don't have a lot prepared for this because uh, I thought it was maybe too long a song, but we're having a good time here and we decided to kind of let this thing keep rolling. So we're going to go there. And uh, I uh, had a track by a lovely lady named Betty Davis, not the film star that you might know from TV, the B-E-T-T-E Betty Davis. This is B-E-T-T-Y Betty Davis. Uh, she was married to, of course, uh, famous jazz musician Miles Davis. Uh, she was a funk singer. Uh, it was my good friend, actually, Tony, uh, who uh, introduced me to her album. Uh, it was her, like, uh, just the, the Betty Davis album from 73. This woman, I've never, I mean, I've heard, I'm a child of the 90s. Again, I said, like, I grew up with some raunchy ladies doing, like, some pretty, like, raunchy kind of rap, whatever. In this tradition, like, no one can touch this woman. Her voice is just in your face, abrasive sexuality. I, I, I commend this woman. So basically, yeah, she was married to uh, Miles Davis put out these awesome like nasty i mean like that was one of the tracks it was like nasty gal and and she's just like leaving everybody dripping leaving everything on the floor super in your face sexuality from the 70s kind of songs and and as far as i know uh she was just too much to handle like uh she she her marriage with miles davis ended he just couldn't keep up with her he was sort of jealous she was attracting all these people and she just refused to be tethered um and then she had like two albums and then she kind of just this is disappeared uh, into obscurity and i and, and no one really kind of knew what happened to her and so recently enough there was actually like a crowdfunding endeavor that went on around like 2016 and they were trying to raise money for this movie so there's a documentary it just just aired uh 2019 or sorry 20, 2017 in november they finally got it together uh, they had all the, the the footage filmed, but they just need the money to like cut it and, and promote it kind of thing. Um, but she has broken the silence. She's finally coming out and telling the other half of the story, why she suddenly disappeared, what happened to her in her career, what it was like to be this young, beautiful, gorgeous, sexy, powerful woman, but like in an industry that just wanted to devour you and wanted to eat you up so like i'm, I'm super excited for this doc I'm, i've been uh waiting for this to hit for a long time it's called um uh they say i'm different and it's the betty davis documentary uh apparently it has just kind of come out in some film um film festivals hopefully it will be available for for dvd or for some sort of uh, way for you to access it but this lady uh, there there is no one nastier uh so we got to throw her in here on an anti-valentine's day song this is actually called the anti-love by Betty Davis. Here we go. No, I don't want to love you. Cause I know how you are. That's why I've been staying away from you. That's why I haven't called you. Cause I know you could possess my body. Well, I 
know you could make me scroll. Uh, I know you could have me shaking. Uh, I know you could have me climbing walls. Uh, that's why I don't want to love you. you are sure you say you're right on and you're righteous but with me I know you'd be right off cause you know I could possess your body too don't you you know I could make you crawl and just as hard as I'd fall for you boy Well, you know you'd fall for me hard. That's why I don't want to love you. Cause I know what you'd do to my heart. You'd scorch it just like a hot iron. Leave me burning alone in the dark. Uh, I know you could make me suffer uh, I know you could drive me mad uh, I know you'd just take me in a circle And when it got real, I know you'd disappear That's why I ain't gonna love you That's not working. 
that was neither silly nor um I, I don't know what to say. It just I, I could not deny that song. It just blows you away. Yeah, and the very title, Anti Love, and we discussed this. It's it's a longer track out of other things we're playing, but goddamn, you know, you gotta give that woman love. And as I said, I'm I'm super stoked there's finally a documentary kind of given her story. Uh you gotta consider this woman she was like twenty three when she recorded that. And she was just like in full ownership of her awesomeness. So mm-hmm. much respect. And uh, yeah, look for the documentary that just came out. They say I'm different. I told Courtney there is no way to follow that up. I do not know <laughs> no! what to do. But she it's said. She... Uh, postcoital. I don't know. Something. I feel, uh, yeah, steamy up my hair. That was a good one. Okay. Well, <laughs> what uh, many people do like to do after that is have a laugh. So uh, my, one yeah. of my. Heroes, heroines, uh, for a long time now has been singing Sadie, who is an artist, I guess you would call her, from Australia. This came out, I don't know, four or five years ago. I haven't seen anything from her since. There may be something since then. Um, I actually ordered the CD from Australia when I heard about her. So it took Mm -hmm. like, you know, two months to get to me. Uh, It's called Songs for Swingers. What singing Sadie does is take 1940s, um, 30s and 40s music and sing alternate lyrics over them basically just alternate abusive yes lyrics, i would say abusive like really, punk lyrics and yeah I, you you showed me this girl and i looked her up and, and there, there's very little online you have to get the cd because she's not like kind of self-promoting uh you know with a lot of money behind her it's a very much an independent act but her one of her greatest claims to fame was that she was on australian idol which is like the american idol you know as, as done in australia but she had this a famous audition apparently she didn't make it onto the show yeah, uh, yeah, the audition is online. And it, it wasn't going well. And at, at the end of it, she's throwing chairs at the judges, which just makes me love her so much. Like, she is she is the shit. Singing Sadie just gives zero does she, Yeah, did she, did she actually throw chairs? Because all I remember is the woman said, I don't think you really understand what this music is about. And she <laughs> she looks at her and says, you don't have any idea what this music is about, you whore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it ends in a chair fight. It is just this perfect Australian uh, muckamuck, and it just goes off the rails completely. But, like, yeah, no, there, there's not a lot written, and there's not a lot. She is largely independent. She's just kind of pr- pr- putting out her own stuff there and, pr- uh, you know, promoting herself. But uh, you you got to get behind this girl. She's badass. And, uh, no, she she sings terribly. She tap dances even worse in person. That, that's her thing. And it's just it's genius. I think it's art. I think it's lovely. Okay, let's call her Lil by singing Sadie. Thank you. 
Yeah, singing Sadie with Let's Call Her Lil. Let's Call Her Lil. Tap dancing in the background. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the visuals it just conjures up, even from the audio alone, is marvelous. I would love to see her live. But unfortunately, I think she just kind of tours the greater Australia area. I don't think she's gone many places with it. I think she should. She's fabulous. Your, um, your yeah, turn. Yeah. We got a couple left here. Okay. Uh, speaking of crazy, I had to throw this in. Um, uh, this is um, off of one of the uh, Randy Newman albums that I purchased based on the cover alone. It's on the uh, Born Again album, and it, it features Randy Newman. Uh, again, and another artist I don't think gets enough respect. He's up there with Harry Nielsen. I think they were actually uh, good friends and just this very talented songwriter, singer, uh, them and like Van Dyke Parks, um, people that just like really, I don't understand why they're not bigger than they are. But this uh, album was, uh, yeah, it was his follow-up from actually uh, some of his other, his first kind of hit one. So he had like a very limited time to put together this album. And it's very much thumbing its nose at the music industry. Um, and so this song, I just think it's hilarious. It's uh, uh, Randy Newman Pants. Uh, I had found a quote by him, actually. Uh, it's him talking about the song. He's like, Pants is about these big, heavy, pretentious rock and roll acts like Kansas or Sticks. I saw some big rock shows in a baseball arena, which I'd never seen before. And I couldn't believe what an impersonal thing it was, he mused. A kind of false sexual innuendo, you know? I'm going to take off my pants. The whole thing was a drag and really demeaning to the audience. Who wants to put these, these anybody on a pedestal like that? But I thought for an anti-love show, I have to say, I have this, as soon as I heard the song, uh, this idea of, oh God, this would be marvelous for a striptease. If you're looking gentlemen for a, a, a wonderful song that you could maybe uh, derobe to your ladies for and, and get a good laugh if anything uh, hopefully for the song uh, more than performance but this this is just hilarious and I think uh, a lovely tune that we could end out on this is Randy Newman Pants 1979 from the Born Again album
Mm. Yeah, I was telling Courtney that sounds very 70s, 1979. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you still have your pants on. I don't know if you do after this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fabulous album. I recommend it. I, just for the cover alone, I had to own it. It's uh, Randy Newman sitting behind a desk. And he's got like kind of kiss makeup on, but instead of like, you know, the, uh, the the bat kind of shape over his eyes, like Gene Simmons, it's just like glittery dollar signs. And it was just basically, you know, he had a big hit with the, the short people album. He had no time to basically whip together a second album. And so it was basically a, a huge middle finger to the music industry at large, this album. But this is the closing track. And I, I put it on and I, I remember just like dying of laughter, just not expecting this this strange from Randy Newman of all people. And you just can't help but kind of picture him in that makeup doing a bit of a, doing a bit of a dance, uh, a removing of the pants dance. So yeah. (laughs) um, So yeah, that was our, our our lists. And I think we got to kind of wrap it up, but my, my last thing I wanted to end on, um, because I, I just, I was recommending to a friend the other day, uh, this guy, Ivor Cutler, uh, he's a Scottish poet, songwriter and humorist he's kind of like the scottish counterpart to jack Th- or jake thackeray that we played earlier okay um, and he does sort of very poetic tongue-in-cheek very british sense of humor but this guy's i mean he he had a very long standing career he was playing like you know up until like he was born 23 passed away in like 2006 um but he was playing like you know up into his 80s and just lovely beautiful honest poetry songs him playing the harmonium but this particular song, Greg, I heard it and I and I thought of you. So I wanted to play this as my, my Valentine's dedication to you. Uh, as as I said, love takes many forms. And our I think our love for our friendship and our musical exchange has been something that I've, I've treasured over the years. So this is a lovely little ditty by uh, Eber Cutler called Beautiful Cosmos. And I think it sums up, uh, yeah, our, our musical exchange and hopefully uh, the, the love that we feel between us and our, our audience for uh, our sort of shared love for these obscure little ditties. We're all sort of existing uh, in our own little stories but we can come together over our love for these like odd little moments so i hope you enjoy all right thank you court i'm just going to let this play out because i can't say anything past that except thank you (laughs) (laughs) beautiful cosmos you are the center of your little world and i am of mine now and again we meet for tea, we're two of a kind. This is our universe, cups for tea. We have a beautiful cosmos, you and me. We have a beautiful cosmos. What do we talk of whenever we meet? Nothing at all. You sit with a sandwich, I look at a roll. Sometimes I open my mouth, then shut it. We have a beautiful cosmos, you and me. We have a beautiful cosmos. You are the centre of your little world, and I am of mine. Now and again we meet for tea, we're two of a kind. This is our universe, cups of tea. We have a beautiful cosmos, you and me. We have a beautiful cosmos.
I bet you when you go home, you'll say, <laughs> stupid bugger.